you set some daily habits, translate those daily habits to those environments, even when you're in those environments. All those rhythms that I've been doing at home, I try to carry as much of them as I can into these environments because at least then I can remember who I am, who's God's made me to be, and I have a better shot of overcoming the stuff around. So when we look at habits and even life application, which habits push us in the right direction? Right. Welcome to the Consultant with Coach podcast. My good buddy Josh is giving hey, hey. me a bad time. We have 40 years of experience. He's like, 40. Eric, don't tell them we have 40. Make 40. sure you tell them we have 40 years of 40 experience. 40 plus. 40 plus of leadership, coaching, consulting, the school of we're hard getting, knocks. We're getting old. We want to help you so you don't do some of the mistakes that I personally have. Oh, my goodness. But me it's too. our, we just want to see you guys win. And uh, this podcast is all about, hey, how do we apply some of what we've learned? And we just read the book, The Power to Change. How can that help you as you apply it to your life? Right, right. Yeah. So we're reading, yeah, the book, Craig Rochelle, The Power to Change. And for those of you who have been following us for a while, you know, we usually are thinking a lot about how to live your best Christian business life. Mm -hmm. And so we're a lot of business leaders, no matter your walk of faith, but many people who are, you know, also Christians. And that applies both to running your businesses, but then many times, you know, people we work with have families and they have investment in their community and they're trying to figure out how to do life well. And that's just business is a part of that, but it's it's not everything. It's a lot. And I understand why people get so overwhelmed, exhausted, burnt out, because how do you do everything? And that's where this book, The Power of Change, comes into play by Craig Rochelle. He's the pastor of Life Church. Mm -hmm. He also, uh, their church has put out the Bible app. If you've seen it, it's the number one Bible app on the internet and application with the App Store. Absolutely amazing. So his church has done amazing, amazing things. So he wrote the book, The Power of Change. First podcast we had was kind of a really a book review mm-hmm. last week's podcast was on business application mm-hmm. today it's all about the life application right so josh what what scripture reference do you have for today yeah and and, and, and i would add just a little bit too the reason we picked this book was because so many of the leaders and companies we work with even if the leader's doing a good job will fail you know in terms of consistency and this book talks a lot about the importance of consistency over time will eventually, you know, reap a harvest of success. And then there's obviously a lot of things that that might mean. And the scripture for today is Philippians 1.6. <clears throat> Again, love this book because of its scriptural references. It's very easy to pick, you know, from several. But Philippians 1.6 says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so as we think about life application, you know, the encouragement is hang on to your faith, hang on to your faith in terms of your identity in Christ, constantly looking for good work which christ has started in us Mm -hmm. um, because we navigate through life and there are ups and downs and you know i could talk a lot about downs you know as well as ups right comes with both in life and um you know staying rooted in these consistent habits is a great way to both weather the storms of life as well as to not get caught up in in the victories either right and so um it's uh, it's really important so I'm looking forward to talking about that. And so one of the things I liked about the power to change is it's not just, hey, here are all the answers on how to change. Mm-hmm. Grishel uses himself as an example over and over and over again, saying, hey, I did these, uh, I tried these habits such as journaling, and it just flat out didn't work for me. But then he also said, hey, then I changed it. And I moved toward, I think it was like his third iteration of trying to journal in his 
he ended up like, I just needed to journal five sentences a day. Mm-hmm. And that worked. Yeah. And so I loved how, you know, even in our personal application, we all need to have habits. Mm-hmm. And whether you're like, I don't need habits, well, then you're not habits, are your habits. Mm-hmm. But I love how he applies that throughout the book. And he gives us an example in his life. Because I'm able to do these small habits from flossing his teeth in the morning to very short journals, journaling to having a group of key friends that he has that helps hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. It has helped change. And he didn't talk about his life as pastor too much, but it obviously has because he is, at least on the outside, remained very, very faithful as a leader. Yeah. And I would say, I think the core, if I was going to boil down like the core fundamental pieces from a life perspective, it's one, the habits are not, um, do not stand alone. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a reflection of your identity, and there's also an intentionality, right? To your point, I know a lot of people, and I, I maybe not get super personal right now, but those who people are in my life, very close people, um, who they have habits. Mm-hmm. They're not healthy ones, right? And so, just because you have habits, you know, just because you're consistent, just because you're consistently boring, and just because you're consistently emotionally negligent to those around you. <laughs> doesn't mean that you're going to have success, right? And so there's, I like the, not just the consistency and the habits, but what's behind it, I think, is an intentionality, right? Living in a life of intention. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really meaningful from a, from a life application perspective for this book and this concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I would think about it. So where do we want to go first? Life application. Your life, my life, or shall we talk about other people's life? It's always more fun to talk about other people's life because it's I was less personal. Say, we can get real deep on you, your story and mine, I know. Um, well, let's talk about this. What did, he talked a lot about um, He talked about a 10-year plan, mm-hmm. right? Talking about a 10-year plan. And, we, and I was thinking about this for our, our uh, podcast before. We've done life planning. Tell me as a coach sort of what you thought about his ideas around 10-year plan and how you would sort of compare that to the work you do with people around a life plan, right? Starting with the obituary and things like that. Because I was like, oh, 10-year plan's nice. And I've done some 10-year planning. But life planning also has its benefits. Like, as a coach, what did you think about that? Absolutely spot on. Okay. Absolutely spot on. Not, not too short-sighted in the sense of, like, looking all the way to the well, end? Well, so we, you know, the way I do it is I start with my obituary. I write my obituary. Eric, Eric has died at the age of 103. I want to live to 103. I might go at 55, but I want to live to 100, 103. <laughs> we'll say that at your funeral either way. Hey, I'm going to have a kick butt powered wheelchair. It's going to take me from point A to point B. I have people in high places, there you go. but you start with your obituary and then you work backwards. Yeah. And then really you go a 10 year plan and then from your 10-year plan, then you go five, three, one. And then really, what does it look like on a day-to-day mm-hmm. or even hour-to-hour schedule? Yeah. But I love how he talked about a 10-year plan. I'm going to use myself as an example right now. Okay. I'm in the middle of, so in my family, I have four kids. My oldest has gone off to college. My second oldest is going off to college next year. My life with my wife it is changing like crazy even this morning i'm like i'm watching you closely trying to learn i'm a little behind you it's awesome (laughs) it is so awesome when your kids get older so if you guys are struggling at home with young kids it gets better just hang in there but where i'm going is like this morning my kids are making breakfast for themselves they take themselves to school i'm like this is awesome it's almost like i don't have to be dad anymore which also kind of makes me sad so yeah that is sad um But where I'm going with this is my wife and I are currently redoing our 10-year plan Mm -hmm. because we're like, 
I was like, what do we do? Because, like, when you have young kids, your goal is to just keep them alive. Right, right. Teach them to read, write, and math and mm-hmm. be good people. But now we're like, we need a new plan. Mm-hmm. And so what my wife and I have been doing, we are making a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. And we're starting with our mission. Mm-hmm. We're actually in the 10-year plan, but we have not gotten to the habits yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what I'd like to have as our habits. A lot of them be travel and a lot of connection time. But so... Grishel is spot on with a 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. And we should always have a mo- in mind our 10-year plan. And then what does it look? Five, three, one, and even daily. Yeah. How no, well, and it, see, I could, it's funny you bring all that up because, you know, I'm in a different life stage, but in some ways very similar because, you know, this, this weekend my oldest is going off to overnight camp for, by herself for the first time, mm-hmm. you know. And my very wife, first my, overnight. My wife and I are uh, rewriting our 10-year plan, but like mid-kid versus having written it pre-kid. Um, and so that's been kind of emotional. And, and at the same time, um, you know, the other piece kind of up talking about ups and downs of life, you know, seeing, seeing the fruits of of having done a 10 year plan come to fruition and, and, and the, the realization of it, seeing the fruit of habitual work in a lot of ways. And at the same time, beginning to see um, the suffering of people around us and the illness and the brokenness. It's causing you and, to think a lot. Yeah. Just in, in, in some cases, those are things that are outside of their control. In some cases, they're sort of the result of years and years of not the right habits right and and so it's been hard so to as you're that. doing this reflection yeah and thinking on Grishel's book power yeah. to change what kind of habits stick out to you i need to change this or maybe hey the habits we have they're working we need to double down on them so i would say having done habits for a while it, you have to hold them loosely which I'm sure you're probably hard surprised to hear me say that because I'm so hardcore about my habits. I'm trying not to laugh. I know you're going to try not to laugh. I say that because, you know, the longer I do habits and the longer I see the results of them, the more I recognize that I have absolutely no control in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I do the habits because I try to reflect who God made me to be. And I do the habits because I believe we serve a God who's steadfast, and therefore it's a way to reflect that steadfast nature of who God called us to be. And that's at least my best approximation of how to begin to express understanding God's love. But I would say that the more I see, um, first of all, you, you can't let the habits become an idol, right? The habits can't be what you worship, which is really easy to do at first. Right? Oh, absolutely. Especially so, if you knock them out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you start doing them, it's sort of easy to sort of make... But at the same time, you know, so you don't want to make an idol. At the same time, you want to stick with them. You kind of do your best, but the habits you pick, they may not get the results you think. Right? That's one thing I struggle with in this book is, is how do you actually, the irony is you see the results years after you commit to the habits, but you don't actually know for sure today if the habits you're choosing are going to get the results you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some that are obvious, right? Like, you know... Don't drink so it doesn't ruin, you know, your, your kidneys, right? Or <laughs> your liver, excuse me. Um, but it doesn't mean you won't end up with liver cancer. Right? Very true. Right? And, and, you know, yeah, if you want to be closer to God, pray every day. Like, that's obvious. But I, I was definitely struck by just it's not simple. And you have to be comfortable with it not being simple. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and so um, yeah, but that's just where I, I I've been with habits lately of just recognizing my my sort of futile sort of struggle with it is, but that's okay. Like I'm just I'm comfortable with that. So if I were to write this book, a chapter that I would have added to the book mm-hmm. would have been the role of failure. Mm-hmm. Even as we look at habits, we all have mm-hmm. habits, mm-hmm. but some of the best habits to look at. Let's talk car wreck mentality are habits that have blown up. Mm. And not like, we don't like to talk, hey, hey, go, 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 go do something really, really bad. No, I'm not saying do that. But sometimes we can look at habits and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. That wasn't helpful, but we can learn from it. And so life application, it's not directly in the book. I'd love to just see it appendix, the role of failure. And mm-hmm. I'll use myself as an example. I have a great, great coach. I'm brutally honest with my coach. And it was a couple of years ago. I was sharing with my coach because we talk about everything. The nice thing about coaching is everything is, you can share whatever you want. And my coach can't share it because we have confidentiality. But I, I, now I can share, like, I was just sharing my nighttime habits. Mm-hmm. Every night I would drink two shots of bourbon. Not today. This is old Not habits. Not today. This, right. is, yeah. this is old habits. Mm-hmm. And my coach was like, is that helpful? Well, I'm like, yeah, of course it's helpful. It tastes great. Gives me a hit of dopamine and I go right to sleep. Is that helpful? Now it's one of those things. My coach is really nice. Didn't push too hard. Then, but then I started percolating on it. Mm-hmm. No, that's not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm a little bit intoxicated. I'm gaining a whole lot of weight, and I had to. I, I came to the conclusion myself. Mm-hmm. I had to. This is not helpful, and it was a habit I had to stop and replace it with something else. Chamomile tea. Not nearly as exciting. Not nearly as exciting. A lot better for me. I am sleeping better. I feel better in the morning. And, but it's one of those things I love. So when we look at habits and even life application, which habits push us in the right direction? Right. Which push us in the wrong direction? What does it look like? And there might be some habits that we have, you know, this is a great habit for a season mm-hmm. and then I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes this is more of a commitment to an identity and a set of habits than it is the specific habits themselves. Because like you, there's seasonal reevaluation I do of like my habits. And what do I when Like he says, adds a habit a year. And I've been similar mm-hmm. trying to slowly build more and more habits, remove more and more unhealthy habits as I assess them and see. Um, the other piece, you know, that I found, I think I mentioned this sort of a preview on the book review was... There's lots of habits I would like to change, but unfortunately, I don't get many very swings, very many swings at them because mm. they come around so infrequently. Yeah. Like what? Right. Uh, holidays, mm-hmm. right? Family holidays. And we've produced a few podcasts on this, and I think uh, I have some stuff out there about family holidays. Um, and I know that, you know, he talks about um, the same thing from Atomic Habits, right? Which is this cue, response, reward, I think, is the. Um, mm-hmm. And. The uh, and that's from Atomic Habits and the that's very true even in environments you're not in very often, right? And so for me, like cue family nonsense dysfunction results in me being quite surly results in me like you know it's just like there's this whole cycle. But the problem is for me, and this book doesn't address it, is. The hard part is figuring out how to change those less frequent dysfunctional habits mm-hmm. because you just don't have the daily chance to, 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 to you know, to, to, to bite, to, to beat it down, right? To be like a, like a 
I try my set of habits today, I miss one or two, I'm going to go back tomorrow, get them back tomorrow, get them back tomorrow, get them back tomorrow. Um, And because of that, um, I don't feel like I've made much progress on those because those come around once or twice a year, right? Versus, you know, daily chances to to succeed and fail, succeed and fail and get better and better and better. Um, Interestingly, though, I will say, that when I have done those things, what I found to be helpful, what I, what I would say to encourage folks is if you set some daily habits, translate those daily habits to those environments, even when you're in those environments. And even when those people don't understand why you're actually very incessantly doing this whole set of habits you normally do every day at home, they may not understand what they are, mm-hmm. be it prayer and scripture. Like when I go to family now, every time, especially when I'm there, I lock down on my daily commitments to scripture reading. I'll leave and go to a Starbucks in the morning because there's not a hospitable place in the place we're staying to necessarily do it. I will eat the same foods if I absolutely can. I will like I will lock down on virtually exercise. All those rhythms that I've been doing at home, I try to carry as much of them as I can into these environments because at least then I can remember who I am, whose God's made mm-hmm. me to be, and I have a better shot of overcoming the stuff around me and so he would say those are perfect habits you know you saw need you instituted habits and they can be and he'd even say i love he's like create fun habits Mm -hmm. i assume going to starbucks and getting a great cup of coffee whatever your favorite coffee is enjoyable to you so here you've given yourself an enjoyable habit to help change things and that's what we should attempt to do is yeah. it always doesn't have to be I'm going to beat myself and eat lettuce nonstop and I'm going to be great now find a really good great enjoyable habit to mm-hmm. move the needle mm-hmm. yep yeah no that's and there's yeah and I think stepping into these places of difficulty infrequency you know is is I think starting back setting yourself up um for these habits. I think the other big thing I was reflecting on recently in life application was someone was sharing a story uh, about a bunch of problems with their kids had kind of come up. Right. And I just, I become more and more convinced that, um, again, these major sort of things external to us, these big upheavals with our families, big upheavals with life, big upheavals politically, big upheavals in culture. If you have put the work in for days and weeks and months and years ahead of time on the habits such that you are unshaken by those things. You are then prepared better to deal with those things, right? Major mm-hmm. emotional people from a child or, or some major event with a child, major family event, major whatever these things are. If you have committed to those things and you don't allow, and you can pull, continue those things through those sort of acute events, for lack of a more specific term, I'm convinced that you can do that. I think the affirmations also help too. We didn't talk about affirmations, but that's another big thing oh, in this absolutely. book. Absolutely, we should talk about. Um, and I think you've talked a yeah, lot so about g- affirmations. Give me, give me an example. Of, what are the affirmations he talks about and how it applies to our lives? Well, it's interesting. So always connecting back to other books we're reading, right? We're mm-hmm. seeing these themes across them. So we read a book, uh, Eric Holsopel, Profit with Presence, and he talked about meditation and the importance of affirmations. But this wasn't a faith perspective. And so you and I both talked about that mm-hmm. in reviews. Is, is affirmations are great, but you know, use scripture. And Grishel did. He, he zeroed right in on affirmations. And I love that he used the scriptural example. There's a whole list of scriptures in there. It's in the appendix. It's also in the, script, in the book somewhere. But there are specific statements about who we are in God, and they're mm-hmm. so incredibly important. And stuff we talk about with our kids, who's God made you to be, you are loved, there's nothing you can do to change that. I mean, this is all important stuff, straight out of Scripture. 
And uh, I think those affirmations are one of the several habits that I'm trying to get better at, actually. That's one of my improvement ones. Um, because they keep you focused on who you are when so many things try to tell you other things, you know? Absolutely. And from a coaching perspective, Mm -hmm. when I am working with someone and also when I'm working with myself, if I catch myself in trains of thought that are not helpful Mm -hmm. or way too depressed or way too anxious, I believe the best thing is to meditate on what God has called me to be as a child of God. Mm -hmm. Because he will say, hey, Eric, you are forgiven. Eric, you are loved. Eric, you are, and just, you pick it. And so as I'm coaching someone, especially Christians, the cool thing is, is someone that proclaims Christ, we have 66 books in the Bible that tell us exactly who we are with God, which is awesome. And 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 I'll ask you this because maybe someone listening is, but I would have asked you this before I started this Habits Work. Well, how do you ever set yourself up so that in that moment, how do you know you're feeling too anxious? How do you know your thoughts are veering off? How do you, how do you know that? How do you recognize it? I have my answer. I want to know your answers. Uh, a couple things. One, I look for trends. Mm-hmm. But two, I've done enough work. My feelings are, my feelings, the feeling part is always accurate. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always coincide with reality. So just like we've had a storm come through here. You know, oh, the weather's horrible. Yeah, but tomorrow's going to be nicer. The sun will come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it for me is just understanding it will move on mm-hmm. every single day. And that's how feelings are. But this is where I love scripture. Read read the Psalms. Oh, mm-hmm. what's the next song? Well, the next psalm is a whole lot better than the last song where Dave was, David was crying out to God. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, so in addition to affirmations, I actually have uh, one of my habits is goes with my morning reading time. I have uh, a verse of the week for mm-hmm. the year that I'm memorizing. So I have a, Monday, a verse, a Monday, Tuesday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday verse that I repeat through part of my memorization every day. And so when I start doing that, those help me detach from the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, I'm feeling this way, but but I know... That Habakkuk three seventeen to eighteen tells me that I'm going to be fine. That the Lord is going to will help me tread on the heights, right? That the Lord is my refuge. You know, right? the Lord is my strength. Like th- these are things, these these affirmations and these verse. Remember, when you do these things in a habitual way, mm-hmm. again, when the feelings start taking different directions, you then have the ability. You have another tape to play. My wife and I talk a lot about tapes, right? The bad tapes that start Very to play 80s. your head. Well, yeah, it's true, but um, MP3s, I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever the heck it is. Um, but you begin to have a tape that's positive to combat the other stuff, the sinful tapes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And what we want is we want our reality. Right. We want our reality to be as truthful as possible. Right. right. And if it's not truthful, well, if it is truthful and we don't like it, then we need to give ourselves grace. Uh, yeah. There's you know, lots of grace. And over the course, you have grace, truth, and time. We will eventually produce more and more fruit. Great. Well, good. What else for today? I love this book, man. Yeah, it's good. The more we talk about it, the more we like it. You know, I I do want to bring up, I was thinking of scriptural examples, and I was thinking of Proverbs 31. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's that this is a godly woman. But I was thinking of it in terms of habits. Hmm. And in Proverbs 31, what do you see? Hmm. He was saying, Mm -hmm. here is a godly woman. And here are all of her habits. Yeah, those aren't just one-time things. They're all habits. Yeah, that's a good point. It was amazing. And I'm looking at like, I'm like, this is a key 
passage for this is what a godly woman looks like yeah. according to Proverbs 31. I absolutely loved it. I'm like, he left it out. Bring it back in. Because it's like, here's what it looks like. And then you end up with, she will be called beloved by her kids. And what you have is, here are habits. Here's the end result. You know I we, absolutely love that. You know what we've done for Craig Rochelle over the last three episodes? What? We've written his entire second book. Hey, Craig. Community. We'd like you to come onto the podcast. Yeah. Write the second book. Yeah, we've written all the content. And let us interview you, please. We've already done all the content for the second book. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Proverbs 31 Woman, Community, Issues of Dysfunction, Seasonal Habits, Generational Sin Habits. We've done it all. Man. Well, we have not done it all. We're Maybe being not. a little too arrogant. All we right. need to work on our humility. All right. But I, I will get into, you know, I absolutely love the book, The Power to Change by Craig Gershow. If you haven't, go out and get it. It's a really, really great book. But also, I, I would say from a, from a Christian perspective, part of what Josh and Mai's heart is, we want to see the kingdom grow. We want to see people who are less mature become more mature. We want to be those sanctified Christians. And so not only are we winning in our personal lives, we want to see you win in your business. We want to see churches grow and become more and more mature. Mm-hmm. And that's and I think he does just an amazing job with this book. Um, and hey, Craig, come on our podcast the next time you write the second part to The Power of Change. That'd be that's pretty right. cool. Perfect. Excellent. But hey, in the meantime... Go on to theconsultantandthecoach.com. Reach out to the two of us. We'd love to walk with you on your journey. Also, wherever you are listening to this, do us a favor. Please leave us a five-star review. It really helps this podcast go out to other people. But until next week, when we have our next book, cheers. All right. Take care.